Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone's talking about the metaverse, these digital worlds where you can connect with people virtually. But will it end up being the same toxic environment that social media has become? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining me to talk about all things metaverse is CNET VR guru Scott Stein. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thanks, Roger. So just to set the stage for the conversation and to give my listeners a bit of context, can you just briefly describe what the metaverse is today and what the metaverse will look like or what the promise is for the future? <laughs> we need like 15 hours. Um, basically, <laughs> the, it's everyone's throwing the word around, so it's way overblown. And it's become a catchphrase for kind of everything in, in tech, it seems. But the metaverse is, is, is representing a way to glue together all these different ways that we communicate through technology, um, all these different platforms, including gaming, including VR and AR, and trying to have them work together. Um, that's what the metaverse is representing for a lot of companies now on a, on a mass social scale. What we're seeing though, you know, in, at least in the areas that I look at, are the emergence of kind of new communications platforms that have been around for years, which are a lot of them in VR and or elsewhere, but they, um, they're these open social worlds that don't have really well-established behavioral norms at all. And whichever one you're talking about, those the behavior in them uh, can often get really chaotic. Yeah, that, that's a great point because if you look at social media right now, which I mean, a lot of these companies that are in social media are the ones working on these metaverses, you know, it's not a great place. There's a lot of toxic content. And then when you try to extrapolate and apply that to what that might look like, at, in the metaverse, like that's a lot more in your face. It's an experience as opposed to just words. You know, talk a little bit about sort of the stakes involved here on why these companies really need to get that right, the, the sort of standards of behavior for how to act in the metaverse. Yeah, I mean, the stakes are pretty huge because not only is it involving all of these different platforms, but when you have um, so much toxic behavior already in, in social media and problems on so many different scales, um, Figuring out whether those will translate, whether we'll be seeing a repetition of them, you know, um, the, the thoughts on that go, go on and on. And some of it, in the case of like Meta and others, looks like it's trying to reboot um, some of the some of the concepts, which things carry over. And also, the metaphors are different. Like I wrote this thing about the metaverse being a metaphor, but also, um, you know, is VR more like a phone call than it is like a site where you're posting things? Like it's kind of many different things. And sometimes that feels to me like a benefit and other things can feel more like a challenge. Yeah, and how confident are you that these companies will actually get this right? Because we're already seeing instances of harassment and toxic behavior or content flowing into the metaverse or these virtual experiences, right? And like, what, what, are you, what are you thinking? I'm confident that things will go wrong and right. <laughs> I think that, I think that a, like a lot of tech You'll see companies try things and, you know, not anticipate things correctly or be acting out of their own uh, big tech interests. And 
And you see this already with communities trying to navigate around limits of big tech, being skeptical of big tech everywhere. Um, at the same time, those platforms enable the stuff that's happening and communities find new ways to solve the problems on their own. So I feel like that seems to be this continual indie versus big corp battle that happens all the time. So I feel that that, that mess will continue. <laughs> I know it's a non-specific answer, but I think... Yeah. I've sort of seen both of those, and that's what I was saying in the story, is that there's so much dystopic stuff already, but I do find moments of, of, of hope and connection. Those are interesting because we kind of have to strive for those in order to try to build anything meaningful that won't feel trolled or dismissive or alien. Right, or commercial for that matter. You, you bring up a good point about... Or you actually start your story with a good point about how you know the metaverse and VR is supposed to be a place where you're supposed to connect uh, things you, you know you stumble onto experiences that you could you can share with folks, but you often feel like you're alone when it comes to VR, right? Talk a little bit about that and and sort of the the more recent experiences you've had that that's giving you a little bit of hope for VR and the metaverse more broadly. Yeah, so you know it's funny it started hitting me over the past few months specifically. That every time I I go into a virtual world app, you know, like an old space VR or a rec room or VR chat, Horizon Worlds, I try to wander around and say, you know, I should just go explore more and see what's new. Uh, it, it's alienating. You know, I find that I have this feeling of, of kind of feeling like an outsider no matter where I am. I feel like when I see other people, I don't want to talk to them. I feel like I kind of want to hide. And um, it's an interesting phenomenon. Like, you know, why am I not more confident? despite only showing up as an avatar. And I found in other people that I've spoken to a similar feeling. And so there's that. And also when you pop into these different worlds, they just feel totally random. People's behavior feels totally random. I don't feel like I, I know what I'm doing. I don't know the rules of the game. So what changes that for me, like recently, you know, I started doing a lot of you know weekly VR things with friends, which I think is pretty common. Those feel more like a phone call and feel really nice. And and then I started to do this experimental kind of improv acting project through somebody that I I know in the immersive theater landscape. Um, and he was just trying, uh, Jeff Worth was just trying to build these um, spaces to begin thinking about how you connect using avatars. And a couple of these sessions were really transformative to me, even though I've been in VR forever, because it made me think about meaningfully being present with someone else. And this sounds kind of like meditative, but like, but I think it's really important. It's kind of like self-awareness and behavior because right now those platforms really make assumptions that we'll know what we're doing and we don't. Mm. Yeah. And you have a great example here, like of the fact that, that Jeff Worth, this, this sort of improvised, improvisational VR coach uh, sort of taught you or reminded you that you need to move your hands more. Basically, you need to perform uh, more explicitly to express yourself as a human, which I thought was a, a really interesting point about that to, to, to your notion of uh, us not necessarily knowing how to do everything in VR, even though that's where the assumptions are. Yeah, and, and he sort of pointed out that I was very still and then there are things that the more you're in a, a space that feels like you're really talking to somebody, you start, I start assuming that like 
my facial expressions can show up, even though I know they don't. And so, you know, looking at somebody at this, there's no eye tracking, although that's a whole other conversation. Um, you know, the, 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 the little micro expressions on your face. And if they don't show up and you're just talking, it really comes out pretty flat. And he made us perf- almost perform, which seemed like some sort of like, you know, puppet theater or like uh, Commedia dell'arte. And, and, and I think that's like, it seems ridiculous, but at the same time, he made the analogy of that we kind of perform in all sorts of places. Like we know how to perform in a, in a business setting or a, you know, with friends, we know behavior. Like these are all kind of like performative things. That that was very meaningful because then it's like, well, we have to learn that too. Same thing, like, you know, anything with involving text. Like for for decades, you know, we would have miscommunications with text, and we still do. But there have been sort of like there's been some progress with that. So I think it's like learning a whole new communication system, even though you feel like you're right there with someone. You also talked with uh, the organizers of basically the virtual equivalent of Burning Man and had a conversation about sort of the communities they built there. I'm curious what they told you about that and especially tying back to the idea of like connection and standards of behavior. Yeah. So um, for the past two years, I popped into um, what was going on in Altspace VR with with a virtual Burning Man, a project by BRC VR. And um, this i never been to an actual Burning Man, but I was always curious about them. And it was the largest metaverse type thing that I had seen, where there were lots of different sculptures and live events and little spaces to pop into. And I talked to them about what they'd learned. And um, what was interesting to me, uh, my real takeaway was that, and it seems pretty obvious, but it really helps to start with a real community. Like... And I right. think that happens not as often as people think. Well, it does if you go there with a plan, but if you go to the metaverse spaces hoping to discover a purpose, it's kind of like walking into like an empty theater, you know, like hoping your show will be there. Like, um, right. so right. they kind of were pointing out like it starts with community and organization and meeting on Zoom and um, having volunteers and having those volunteers be in the spaces and. I think it's interesting because there's also a lot of talk about big tech having, and Meta talked about this, you know, having more guides and moderators and staff members that model behavior and moderate. But there's also this whole expectation of personal responsibility, which sounds like a passing the buck, but like in the real world, that's like in the physical world, that's how it happens. Like you think of like political, you know, groups or arts organizations or your library or whatever else, I think it's just a reminder of like, you got to kind of do it the same way. And so they were really emphasizing that and working off the principles of Burning Man, which provided at least like a kind of like an ethical behavioral code for the whole system that they aimed to operate off of, or like things that people could think of in their heads that were connected. And Every time I hear about like successful metaverse places now, they usually build off of like pretty strong pre-existing communities. I mean, kind of like the way Facebook groups works or or things like that. I I think the and to me the smaller the group, the better, which is weird because like we're talking about massively social, but a lot of my VR interactions are really small groups of people. Yeah, the, the, I think that idea of community and and these small groups is is a good one. I, I'm curious because I know you ch- talked with Meta 
about this. What what did they say about this? Because they're obviously at the forefront and they're really the probably the biggest company trying to make metaverse a reality. Yeah, I spoke with Vishal Shah, who I've spoken to before, who's the um, their their uh, Meta's VP of Metaverse, who's the head of you know what they're doing with uh, these these metaverse apps, you know, like Horizon Worlds and Horizon Platform, and. Um, he was talking about the the learning process, you know, and that you know it's like basically they they started instituting boundary bubbles around people to protect against space because there was harassment. There needed to be. It was like um, Microsoft followed suit with that as well around the same time with Alt Space VR. And um, the most interesting takeaway to me was that they were discussing one, which Meta's talked about a lot. You know, different avatars or different rules for different situations, which, you know, is kind of the like, you'll be playing games at one point or you'll be doing work at another. But how those get balanced still needs to be determined. You know, like uh, Meta still separates its work Horizon app from its Horizon Worlds kind of more play app. And I think that's kind of points at kind of the issue there. But they also talked about like maybe rethinking um, more about what the public versus the private invite spaces are like, like already changing the boundaries of your friends, like making those boundaries less distant. That made a lot of sense to me and even exploring ways to do it with audio. Um, it seems to me like the biggest problem is that when you wander, you get wandery and you have random people, that's where it gets odd, but just kind of like Zoom, if you have like a, like a, if you create a Zoom with a purpose and you have a closed group, there were Zoom bombers early on, but like, you know, the closed group works as its own group and like, that had and most of the people like Bernie, both BRC VR and Jeff Worth were both brought up that that the bubbles are not the answer. That intimacy in different ways in VR is really needed for community. And I think that's interesting because you say you think like that the bubbles are really important, but at the same time, they're hindering. They're getting a little, they're making it a little more awkward, and so they're really important. But I feel like it's almost like two different worlds, just like if you're going out to Penn Station versus if you're hanging out at a friend's house. So I think that's the thing that the metaverse needs to really establish better, in my opinion, is like, and it sounds like that'll keep changing. Maybe the public spaces really are a whole different mode. You know, there's no reason you need to go up and randomly talk with people unless you're in a space that is like, you know, going in that this is like a club, but like you don't just drop in and randomly chat with strangers. A, a virtual club sounds horrifying to me as someone who uh, was a yeah. <laughs> who it hated is. those things. But Scott, thank you for your time. Appreciate this discussion. You can check out his story on CNET.com. You can catch the rest of the Citizen Now series on CNET Now. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.